Okay, morning, gentlemen. We are on Dalit Ahmed Bay's 4B. And uh, we're at the bottom. Let's see a good place to start. Um, let's start from the Kuli Alma Mihu. Everybody agrees. It's about seven lines up. I'm the only one here so far. Okay. Everybody agrees. Megillah b'Shabbos lo Karina. We don't read the Megillah on Shabbos. If Purim falls out on Shabbos, the Adalid falls out on Shabbos, we will push, we will predate, but we will not read the Megillah on Shabbos. Why not? Mike, what's the big deal about reading the Megillah? So, Omar Rabbah, this is the famous, what they call the decree of Rabbah. Um, it's shocking, really, when you think about it, that you don't blow shofar on Rosh Hashanah, you know, because it's Shabbos. You don't blow, you don't do Natilas uh, Lulav, and you don't do Megillah. Um, the difference is those, you can't, you can't blow the shofar early over there. You lose out on the mitzvah, right? So, but Rabbi said, a kol chayav nukriyas Megillah, obit shofar. He says, everybody's obligated, ve'ena kol Megillah, and since not everybody knows how to read, all of a sudden, everybody has to be a Balkora. So, He says it's a rabbinic decree that a person could uh, come to uh, carry on Shabbos. And, uh, and that's the same reason there that uh, the Shabbos is more important than everything. So there is an interesting, uh, Tosos has an interesting question here, which is, why is it that we're worried about carrying Daladamas? Why aren't we worried from carrying from public to private? In other words, if you had to, good morning, Michael, if you had to pick your issue of what a per, maybe he'll take it from his house and go to the street, which is private to public. But that's not what he says. He says that we're afraid that you'll take it Daladamas. That was... Uh, that was Tosa's question. Okay. What? They usually go together, and Yeah, but why did he say it that way? That's Tosa's question. Okay. Right, that's right. So that was answer number one. Now we're getting to answer number two, which is real important because it deals with the basic understanding of what Purim is about. In other words, Rabbah says that the main point of Purim uh, was that Haman... Uh, what the Jewish people were eligible to be destroyed because there was a lack of unity, because uh, we were scattered. And uh, good morning, Richard. And since we were scattered uh, and uh, we're not unified, so then when Klaustra has no actus, then we're in trouble. Then our enemies uh, can have power over us. So all of the mitzvahs of Purim are to bring togetherness. Uh, the, there to for one to look after another, and uh, a big part of that was that the uh, that the poor people should have matanas uh, levyonim and they should have shalach manas, and if you do it on Shabbos, you won't be able to do that. That's what that's the new answer. This is where we left off yesterday. Let's read the words. Rav Yosef He says the reason why we can't have Purim on Shabbos. Because the poor people are, they've got their eyes on it. They're waiting all year round. Rashi, They're waiting for those gifts. You can't do that on Shabbos. Tanya and we learned also like this. Now, even though the farms, 
uh, are allowed to read early, govim bobayom, they still give the money on Purim itself, umechalkim bobayom, and they give it out on that day. So, um, now, uh, somebody asked this question yesterday. I'm trying to remember if it was in this year or not. Um, and that was, uh, we said before that uh, we talked about uh, that in the base, then you could blow the shofar. In other words, even though there's a decree of Rabbah not to blow shofar in Rosh Hashanah. Uh, that was you. That was Richard. Okay, that's what I thought. So, Tosis asked your question over here. So, why can't you, like, read Megillah at, at the main shul, at the Sanhedrin, and then let's see Tosef. Rav Yosef, Yosef, First of all, he's saying that you can't say that Rav Yosef argues on the reason of Rabbah, because this, that we can't have Megillah on Shabbos because of the poor, that's not the reason for Shofar. Shofar has nothing to do with the poor. And so, too, the same thing with Lulav. There's no other reason over there. And the Gemara is saying that the same reason the Rabbah forbid the blowing of shofar on Shabbos and the shaking of lulav on Shabbos, he forbids the, uh, the, the reading of the Megillah. So clearly he can't argue on that. The Gemara says that. So, So he's saying this is another reason. And what would the difference be? Why do we need two reasons? You don't do it on Shabbos. What's wrong with the first reason? We won't do it because we don't want to come to carry. The answer is, the difference would be mihu b'mikdash. If you had a Beis HaMikdash, where there was no rabbinic decree, or you had a Sanhedrin. So, if you were in the Sanhedrin, or you were in the Beis HaMikdash, so you would have thought, in the main courtyard, they should read Megillah on Shabbos. That's why Yosef added, even if you found a way to get around the, the rabbinic problem of people carrying on Shabbos, we're still worried about the poor. And so therefore, we reschedule Purim it gets bumped. It's fascinating. Uh, that, that was, that's what Tosos answer to that question. Okay, back to the Gemara. So now the more has just a question on the wording. Uh, so uh, we said the words, um, even though we allow them to, uh, bl- to do early, um, uh, the, uh, even though we allow the Farmers to uh, read the Megillah early, so we said we still collect from them on Purim. So why does it say even though Adarab, the other way around, Mishum da Amru? It's because um, it's because we've said. Um, let's see, Rashi Adarab Mishum da Amru lahaktim es Kriyahu, da Amru lahaktim es Hatanas of first time time of Asl. In other words, because uh, they read early. That's why uh, they give the matanos when they read. Uh, so it's not even though they read early, they give early. The, the, the whole idea is that that's when you give, is when you celebrate Purim. So why does it say it that way? Uh, why does it say even though? Because they have said that they celebrate, they read the Megillah early, they should give matanos if yonim early. So since they said, you're right, we changed the words. It's take out the word afalpi, even though. Since we said they read early, so since they read early, that's when they get, take care of the poor. The poor people are waiting for that Megillah. And so if they were to read the Megillah and not get uh, uh, the, uh, the funds, that would be disappointing. Okay. As we the t- funds give, they're not um, implying that funds are given after the reading of Megillah. Yeah, on the day of Purim, they either after or before the same day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
avil simcha. So, uh, so what we're saying is, is that the reading of the Megillah is very connected to Siddaka. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. Well, um, you, you're asking about Matanaslev, uh, about um, there's a difference between the Suda and the uh, and the Matanaslev Yonim. But uh, Shalach Manas, I don't know, we, we have to see where that falls. In other words, the Shalach Manas, um, is that really just a way to have the Suda? sharing food, or is that more matanos levyonim to give to the poor? There is, the truth is... Yeah, but you're you're supposed... But the question is, are you supposed to try to give people that are really needy, or is it just friendship that you're just trying to make, uh, say, you know, your neighbors, your friends, your buddies, you know, you give them a shout? So, so uh, I, I'm saying let's leave that up in the air for the moment. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's clear that Matanus uh, Levionim is to help the poor, and it's clear that the Purim Suda is for you to celebrate. So the question we're having, or that Richard is trying to debate, is is the uh, is the Shalch Manus? Where does that fall in there? Right? Is that sort of, but the more right now hasn't. Um, I see. It's interesting. Today they have this, a lot of people are gluten-free. So what if you give somebody who's gluten-free, if you give him hamantash, you know, like, have you not fulfilled your mitzvah? Like, you didn't know he was gluten-free. So in other words, if you give somebody shalach manas that they can't use, and it's really... um, Older people, that a lot of people have shalach manas that is basically kids, you know, candy and that kind of stuff. And so older people, they typically are different. They don't eat that kind of sugar. So have you fulfilled the mitzvah if you gave them stuff that they are um, uh, not likely to eat? Um, and certainly not for their poor meal. You know, you give somebody, uh, um, you know, uh, whatever it is, a Hershey kiss for the meal. You know, it's just not. Uh, um, but anyways, that's a different discussion. Yeah. You know, that they, that they can't eat this also, or they yotze, you yotze because they can't eat, uh, they can't eat it. Well, what if you didn't know, or what if they could trade it? Okay, but anyway, that's a different subject. So, uh, but we're saying the importance is, though, is that the poor definitely are looking for, uh, when they read the Megillah, they have their, they uh, all year round, they're waiting for the support that they get, and they, they use it for Pesach as well, for the Mikra Megillah. Avo, but what about the Simcha? Rashi show Michael Mishta that That's the real Purim. So even if the people that come into the big cities, the farmers, uh, even if they read Megillah early, and even if they give Matanus Levionim early, still the, the celebrating the Purim itself, the Suda that they do on Purim. He said, if you're reading Megillah on the right day, so you don't need a minion. Shalobizmanu, but if you getting bumped, or you're going to the city, the farmers, so then you got to get a minion, sorry. Ravasi says, no, you always need a minion for Megillah. There's a famous story about the Vilna Gon. Um, the, the, it's, it's a debate whether that's absolutely required to have a minion for Megillah, but he, he was machmer to have a minion. 
And so he once arrived at a city where it was after the main Megillah reading, and he wanted to fulfill the mitzvah of Megillah with a minion. So he hired 10 people, and then one of the people he hired uh, snuck away in the middle. And so it was the whole, it was the whole story. But, uh, but there is this, it, uh, this concept of having a minion for Megillah reading. When is it required? Havi'uvda, there was a case, v'chash rav Avasi. Rav tried to follow that rule of having a minion. Tosus, havi'uvda v'chash rav da'asi, mikomakam, even though uh, Rav um, uh, was suspicious like Rabasi that it's required, uh, still the halacha is like Rav that it's not required. <laughs> okay. Again, it's a question, can you do a Megillah reading for three people, or do you have to, should you, is it necessary to make a bracha? Then the question is, well, maybe you don't need a minion, but can you still make a bracha? In other words, if the idea of reading the Megillah is to publish the miracle, so how does it get, we, to, to us, publishing something means in front of a minion. Public is a minion. So if you don't have a minion, you haven't read the Megillah in public. So, so that is a whole big debate, and I'm just showing you the debate. And then even if you say you don't need a minion, do you need a minion for the bracha on the Megillah? Okay. Umi Omar Rav Hachi, did Rav say this? Uh, he said that if Purim falls out, the 14th of Adar falls out on Shabbos, Erev Shabbos Manam, then you bump to Friday. So Erev Shabbos Manam, what do you mean? Friday is the time. Shabbos Manam, it was Shabbos. Ella, what does he mean to say? Ella, how is what he means to say? Shalom Bismanam Kizmanam. That when you read the Megillah on 14th, it's just like, on the 13th, it's just like when you read it on the 14th. Maizmanam. Just like if Purim fell out on the 14th, you can read it Afilu B'yachid without a minion. Afshalobizmanam Afilu B'yachid. So we see this halacha that uh, we hold that it's not required, according to his opinion, to have a minion even Shalobizmanam when it's not the essential date. Is that a proof to that or not? The Gemara said, no, not necessarily. Lo, the Inyamik Megillah Basar. Uh, maybe it's not talking about that. Ella my erusha. What do we mean on Friday? With today's Friday is the time. Once you're not celebrating Purim on the fourteenth, you should do it on the thirteenth. Friday's too busy of a day. No, what he meant is now Fridays of the day. If you got a bump, you bump to the closest day according to that view. So if Purim fell out on Shabbos, you would bump to the. Not actually bump you would you would pull back to the thirteenth. I see. So, so that wouldn't be applicable for the farmer people. Correct. Correct. Yeah, uh, we're not talking about the farmer. Oh, right. gotcha. But uh, here the question is the the real question we're dealing with is sometimes you don't read the Megillah on the actual date, like when Purim falls out on Shabbos. Mm. So d- does this rule that you don't need a minion still apply? Because maybe when you're not reading it on the actual date of the 14th, you need a minion. That was the question. Right. And so uh, we tried, we thought we had a proof, and we said it's not a proof in the end. Yeah. Yeah, so what about, what are you going to do for Shushan for him if you bump it to Friday? Same question. In other words, if you're, if the, you're in Shushan and you, uh, um, so, and you bumped it to Friday also <laughs> would be the question whether you need a minion or not. That would be the same question. No, no, so that was yesterday's question. In other words, what do you do uh, if you have to bump both? Can you, ha- can you read both on the same day, or does it have to be the regular form? Do you have to celebrate two different days? 
because they're two different miracles, or can they both get bumped to the same day? That was part of yesterday's discussion. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, new mission. And we had quoted this earlier, what's considered a big city? So let's just review for a second what the difference is. The difference is, walled cities, they celebrate Shushan Purim, walled from the times of Yeshua. They're Shushan Purim guys. Regular Purim are the big cities. And then you have small hamlets. Small hamlets are allowed to read whenever they go into town. Uh, up to 11, 12, 13th, they're allowed to read early when they go into town. So the question was, when is the city considered... Did it, mm-hmm. did it matter how far away those little hamlets were from the city? I mean, if just a small hamlet, let's say... No, not really. As long as they can travel to the big city... Uh, right. In other words, uh, like today, for example, if you live in the middle of nowhere, you probably travel hours to get to a big city, right? Yeah, that's a good... I, I don't think we distinguished it so far. Uh, but here the question is, what city is considered too big to the point where you don't say they can go and read it, go to New York and read it early, right? When is it, when is it that it's not considered a small town? So it was considered a big city. If they have, uh, they never short a minion. That's, that's how we define it before. You always have 10 people available for a minion. They are ne- their minyanim never miss. That's not considered a small city. And they would never be allowed to say, let's read Purim early so we can go into town. Um, I mean, even big cities sometimes go to bigger cities to buy, um, you know, like uh, uh, people that want to get uh, Svarim or they want to buy stuff for Pesach or they want to... There's nothing like going to the big city. You know, they'll go, to, they'll go long distances to go shopping in the big cities, right? So, so people go to big cities, but if your city has a minion for every... Uh, is never, they always have 10 people, no matter what, the city made sure that, that the minyanim always go then that's not considered a small town, and they, they, have to, they can't read early. Pachas Mikan, anything less than that, ah, it's a village. It's, it's a village with that. So, Now, these things are, uh, you're allowed to read early, but you're never allowed to read late. Now, there are a few other holidays that also sometimes have uh, this problem that they fall out on Shabbos. So what do you do in those cases? So those holidays... One of them was the Zman Ate Kohanim, the, the wood donators. The wood donators made holidays when they donated wood. What about if it falls out on Shabbos the next year? Or what about Tishabav? If Tishabav falls out on Shabbos, can't fast on Shabbos? Or what about Chagiga of Ahakel? Or what about Chagiga, where you have to bring a Corbin? Now, there's a debate about certain Korbanos, if they can be brought on Shabbos. Uh, not, some of them, it's clear they can't be. But some of them, like a Chagiga, what do you do if it falls out on Shabbos? Or the Hakel. Rashi brings the Hakel. The problem was they brought the kids. So you need to have the baby strollers. What if you don't have an Erev? <laughs> so you can't. Uh, that's, that's the first shot of Rashi. The, um, or uh, Rashi's second shot was that, uh, that's a, a big Rashi. I don't know if we'll have time yet to do it. But he says that they, for Hakel, the king read from the Sefer Torah on a platform. And it was a temporary platform. In other words, it was not there usually. They would put up this big, high platform on Yantav, you know, on the, on, and can't, you're not allowed to assemble that on Shabbos. So, um, I don't know why, if you were allowed to do it on Yantav either, I don't know, but they, but so, uh, therefore, it was meant to be done on Cholomoyd. But, uh, um, uh, so all of those are reasons why it can't happen on Shabbos. So, what about these other events? The other events, those get pushed later. 
they don't get bumped up. So again, that's the basic concept of Purim. Purim gets celebrated early, whereas these other things gets, get pushed later. And even though we said you can celebrate early, so what about on the early day? Can you have a funeral then? So You're allowed to do Hespitinus and Matanus Levionim on the early day. He says that's only if it's natural for them to come to town on those days. But if they don't usually travel to the big city for market day or whatever, for the for Kriya Torah, for for judgment, so then uh, they are they don't get that excuse to uh, let's make Purim on this day this year. We can't do that. Let's see the Gemara. The ten people, we're talking about people that are available for the shul. Um, let's just look at that Rashi quickly. Asura Batlanim, Shebezaknesis. They make sure they have ten people in shul. Shehein Batlam Malachas. They're not obligated to go out in the fields. They make sure that, you know, if you have a farm, sometimes you just can't get to shul. But the, a community makes sure they have people that are, when we say they're doing nothing, it doesn't mean they're doing nothing. They're doing nothing that will prevent them from being in shul. And the Tzibur would pay them a wage that they be eligible to be in shul. Why is it so important to have a minion? As we learned in Brachos, we had that over there. If, if Hashem, uh, it's, we have an appointment with Hashem, and so he's waiting for us. If we don't have a minion, it really looks bad. And so, therefore, the community tries to make sure they always have a minion at those times. Okay, back to the Gemara. So, um, um, yeah, uh, my time. The uh, Elus. So we said that you do it early and you don't do it late. So uh, that's the next thing after the ten. What's the reason? So Amar Abba, Amar Shmuel, Amar Yava. It says that you can't, you don't delay Purim. You could do early. You don't, you don't do, push it later. Another halacha, not related, but it's said in the name of the same two rabbis, Reb Abba in the name of Shmuel. Sometimes there are different rules for one year to the next. So you don't count the number of days in a year, because actually the number of days in a year can vary. You don't count days in a year. So if you rent something for a year, you can't say, well, this year, uh, next year's a leap year, you get extra days. No, a year's a year. Uh, the Rabban in Caesarea, they say, How do you know you don't go from the hours? In other words, if you rent for a year, it doesn't have to be at the same moment. You go to the beginning of that day. It doesn't go by the minute, it goes by the month. Okay, that's a separate separate halacha. Um, it, it's uh, not, so, not really so applicable to Megillah, but to other areas of discussion, whether you go by the moment of the day and whether you go by the days of the year or you go by the year or you go by the day. So then we said, those always, those don't get bumped early, those get pushed late. So Tisha B'Av, why can't you uh, celebrate Tisha B'Av early? Tisha B'Av falls out on Shabbos, get it over with. So the answer is, like Dube prone a famous rule, bad stuff you never, uh, you never uh, do early. <laughs> you never want, you know, <laughs> push it off. Yeah, you know, do me pronius to to jump into something bad. You know, maybe Mashiach will come. You won't have to do it. Uh, we don't. We don't. Uh, There's a place for procrastination. That's right. Yes. 
that is really today where it was the rub in the construction. So making it earlier on the 7th or the 8th of, uh, you know, was bad, but it wasn't the same steps. Um, we, we use that for some things, um, that's for a, that uh, that the main Tisha B'Av. But at this point, the Gemara is saying an overall teaching that you don't do things earlier, even if you didn't have that issue of the... That you are correct that there is the idea that the 10th, it's not terrible if Tisha B'Av is a day late because that is when the Beis HaMikdash burnt, which is Rich's point. But we're saying even if that wouldn't be true, we typically won't do things earlier if they're bad. We push off bad, you know, the... Chagika v'hakel, Meshum Dekati Lav, those you can't do... Uh, can't do early because you didn't get the mitzvah yet. Tani, lo mati zman chayuva. Tani chagiga v'kol zman chagiga ma'achrin. Chagiga can be done later. So bishleim chagiga. So I understand chagiga de'imikla b'shabsta. If it falls out on Shabbos, ma'achrin le'i le'basr Shabbos. You do it later. Elo zman chagiga. What does that mean, the time of the chagiga? So Amr Avoshah Kamar. Kagiga b'Shabbos v'olus riya filu b'yantzim. Kagiga, one opinion says you could do it on Shabbos, and you could bring an ola even on yantif, even though very little of it is eaten. This man kagiga ma'achrin amani, who's the one who says you delay it? That's beishamai. It's not beishamai. Avi and shlamim b'yantif. Beishamai says that you you're allowed to bring shlamim which are eaten. They ain't some kind of lamb, and you can't do smicha avolo olus, but you can't bring an ola because. On, on Yantif, you don't eat the Ola, so that would be doing a malacha for something that you can't benefit from. Even on Chol, we don't eat from Ola. Right, right. But on, on Yantif, you're allowed to do malacha for what you benefit from. So that would be the discussion. They said no. You could bring it. Uh, you, the time of the Chagiga, you could do it, but. There is a time limit. Not more than that. If you didn't bring the Chagiga on the first days of the holidays, you got the whole Yantav, and even the last day. If the holiday passes and you didn't do it, then it's too late. Ravashi says, He says, even on Shavuos, which is one day, you could still delay it. In other words, I understand that like on Sukkot and Pesach, it's still Sukkot and Pesach. But on Shavuos, if you bring it a day late, it's not Shavuos anymore. You're he, talking about the Tashlumim, yeah? Yeah. Uh, these, uh, the Korbanos that are brought afterwards. Then you can shecht it after Shabbos. Um, it's really a subject that would be fun to cover, but we're, we're just limited on time. So about the laws of Chagigo and, and uh, what the, the question is, when can you bring korbanos on Shabbos and on Yantif, which involves shkita and burning? So obviously, if you're eating the korban, it's no different than if you're eating food, like the shlamim. But what about the olas, and what about the handling of animals? That was part of that question. Omra uh, Khanina, Rebbe, now we're going to be in tattletale over here. Rebbe did the following, not the natiyah b'purim. They saw him planting trees on Purim. <laughs> so, uh, uh-oh, what was he doing? So actually, the opposite is true that sometimes great people did things to teach people the halacha. So he did it on purpose to show everybody what you're allowed. So he said, Rebbe was out there planting on Purim. And Baruch uh, Vikronia, uh, doing work. He did work on Purim.
uh, we're going to talk about it. And also, he took a bath in public, on Shiva Asr B'tamuth. He took a bath on a fast day. Um, the question whether how public it means, the uh, Kronia, some people, he took a bath in Corona. The <laughs> Kronia actually sometimes means a wagon. Uh, but Rashi says, uh, at the time when the wagons travel, let's look at Rashi, the Corona shall Tipori Biyoma Shuk Befarhesia. It means at a very public time, he went out of his way when all the cars were walking by, everybody saw him bring up the tub, you know, when there was, when there was lots of travel. He wasn't trying to hide it. Uh, and he tried to get rid of Tishabov. So those were three things that Rebbe did that were controversial. And uh, they didn't... Uh, um, um, they didn't go along with that about getting rid of Tishavov. So Rashi says, um, lo kach, well, let's read the Gemara. Omar Lafana of Reb Abba Barzvida, Rebbe lo kachayma. You got the story wrong. He wasn't trying to get rid of Tishavov. <laughs> Why would Rebbe try to get rid of Tishavov? El Tishavov shechalos b'Shabbos It was Tishavov on Shabbos. Zakinu l'achar Shabbos. He wasn't trying to get rid of Shabbos. He was trying to get rid of when you can't celebrate Tishabov, Rebbe said, Hoyo Vinitka Yidka. He said, Well, look, if we can't do it, forget it. Let's skip it this year. And the Chachamim didn't agree. So, he says, The good thing I asked the question before I taught that Rebbe tried to get rid of Tishabov. That, that was the. So now let's look at Tosos. Kasha. So, the more again, so the Havamina was that he wanted to get rid of Tishabov, but they said no. And then the Maskana was, no, he didn't want it. He was trying to only get rid of Tishabov when it fell out on Shabbos, and you weren't celebrating it on the right day. That's when he tried to get rid of it. So let's see, Tosus. Kasha, heki sukha What's the Havamina? The Rebbe rotel akar Tishabov legamri. How could he try to get rid of Tishabov totally in the Havamina? Harmina kola It says, if you don't celebrate Tishabov, guess what? You ain't going to be there when things get good. Who's Rebbe to nullify? Rebbe didn't have a bigger base that he can nullify Tishabov. So what's the Havamina? Again, in the Maskana, he was only trying to nullify it when it's what's called a Nidcha, a pushed off one. But not, uh, uh, but what, what were we thinking? He didn't want to uproot Tishabov. He wanted to chill it. He wanted to make it like the other fast days. In other words, he was saying, all right, so if Tishabov fell out on Tishabov, so then you got to fast 24 hours and you got to take off your shoes and you got to not wash. But since anyways, it's not Tishabov. So just have a simple fast from nightfall to from morning to nightfall and keep your shoes on. That's what he wanted in the Havamina. Isn't that interesting? Or Inami, another Teretz. He wanted to not celebrate Tishabov on the 9th and celebrate it on the 10th for Richard's reasons. He was, the, he was the, from the group that felt the 10 is a better day. That was, uh, um, that's what it meant that he wanted to get rid of Tishabov. He, he felt that we should celebrate on the 10th of Av. Okay, back to Gemara. How could Rebbe plant trees on Purim? 
Purim is Simcha, Umishta, a party, Vyantav. Simcha, what does that teach us? Malamish Asubahespet. No funeral speeches, nothing that'll take away, nothing rains on your parade like uh, funeral speeches. Mishta, Malamish Asubahtainis, you're not allowed to fast. You have mitzvahs to eat and drink on Purim. Vyanta, Malamish Asubahsias Malacha, you're not allowed to work. So, how could Rebbe go plant saplings on Tishabov? What's going on there? The answer is, we didn't have the case. Rebbe was a 14 man. He was a person that didn't live in a walled city. When did he plant? He planted on Shushampuram. That was the rest of the story. What do you mean Rebbe wasn't a Shushan guy? Rebbe lived in Tiberias. That's one of the famous ancient walled cities. So it was a nice try, but that answer doesn't pass muster. So Ella, Rabbi Barchamisav, you know what? You're right. Rabbi's a Shushan guy. He was in a walled city. Vikinata, you know, when he planted, he planted on the 14th. So he did plant on Purim, but for him it wasn't Purim. So now the Gemara says, is that true that Tiberius is a walled city? Chizkiah read on the 14th. He read on both days because he wasn't sure. So how can you say Rebbe uh, was uh, that he lived in Tiberia? And we know for a fact that Tiberia was a walled city. Chizkiah wasn't sure. Uh, the Gemara says, So the Gemara said, He wasn't sure. Some people have doubts and other people don't have doubts. So for Rebbe, he knew when to celebrate Purim, and he planted the tree on the other day. So then the Gemara says, uh, even if you're sure which day to celebrate, me shari, are you permitted to do work on both days? Both days, uh, you're not allowed to have funeral speech. You have to celebrate both days are festive. So uh, to forbid on the same thing on both days. The rules that you celebrate both days, that mean both days, no fasting. Both days, no funeral speeches. But the rule of not working, that's only on one of the two days. And that's why Rebbe, if, if he lived in a walled city, could do work on the other day. Vesulo um, and... Um, uh, only one day off. Eni, I, the Morris says, Rav Chazila, who governed the Havi Kashadi, kissed him before Rav saw somebody planting flax on Purim, Velachia, and he gave him a curse. Velotzama kissed And guess what? The flax didn't grow. Uh, I'll teach you. You're going to plant? Eh, it's not going to, it's not going to do all that work and it won't sprout. So the Morris said, well, that's because Hasubar Yoma, that because Purim was his day. In other words, your own, whatever your day is, you've got to celebrate. But the other day, you could work. I, Rebbe, cursed the guy out because that, that guy was planting on his day of Purim. Rabbah, braid, Rabbah, filutein, Even, uh, let me change this to, afilutein, bebiyom, have a vetainis. Even if you want to say that, um, uh, really, you're not supposed to work initially and have hespit and tainis, um, uh, on both days. 
the, the idea of not working on Purim wasn't fully accepted. In other words, when they made Purim a holiday, they initially thought, let's make it a holiday and nobody should work. Eh, it's people, it wasn't fully accepted. Meaning that even if the rule is that things, the rabbinic rules only work if Klau Yisrael is makabal them. But if for whatever reason it doesn't take, so it doesn't, there, there are examples of this in other places. So we're trying to say, even if you want to say that initially they wanted it to apply on both days, in the end, it, it didn't take. It didn't become, people weren't machmer to not work on both days. Because uh, at first it says Purim is going to be Simcha, Mishta, and Yantav. In the end, So we're saying now, a new pshat that really Purim was never meant to be a Yantav, where well, they wanted it to be a Yantav, but in the end, it wasn't finalized. That, that was too hard. It was too hard for people to take off both days of work. Uh, or even one day. They, uh, it was a question whether the Yantav part of working on Purim, that was accepted. So why did Rav curse the guy out then? The answer is, He said that even though it's okay, in, in certain places they have a custom not to work. Uh, either, um, well, one second. So the question, um, I'm sorry, my time The answer is that in that place the people were machbed. So, but the Gemara says now we have a question. If in some places the people were uh, had the custom not to work on Purim, so how could Rebbe plant on Purim? Uh, the answer is Either in Rebbe's place they didn't have that custom. Or or really, they did have that custom. But there's different kind of planting. He did the fun planting. You're allowed to plant fun. You're not allowed to plant work. What's As we said if, if the, in Tainus, that if those days go by and there's no rain, we do less business, and less building and planting, and we push off the weddings. And uh, because it's a time of sadness, because people are going to die because it's a uh, famine. So what do you see? You see that planting is something fun. But Tani Allah, and we said, when is planting fun? Binyan, uh, binyan shall simcha. When is building fun? Building is fun if you're building uh, the chuppah for your son. Or Natiya, when is planting fun? Natiya shal simcha. When it's a fun planting, what's a building of fun? When you build a wedding hall for your kid. They had certain kind of planting that was like, uh, it was a king thing. It was a fun, certain kind of thing that was fun to do. That was a luxury. Fancy gardens. So that you could do even on Purim because that's, uh, that's not work. That's uh there are people that enjoy that. They, you know, you see people on their day off that are just out there watering away stuff that you never need to do. It's because they enjoy it. Uh, so the, the, apparently weeding isn't the but Arnika Shomalachim, that you can't argue. I think there was a Rashi on it. Let me just see about this Arnika Shomalachim. Yeah. Um, let's look at Rashi a little bit on that. Uh, it's Rashi Venetia. Natiya Amr Khan, it's about a third of the way up from the bottom. When we talk about planting Natiya Shosimka Gigon Arnuki, Arnuki, Elan Shitsilano, it's a tree that has really good shade. Gigon Ela Shikovanosa Agabe Klonsa, it's like a tree where you pull the branches down and use pegs, Bamalochim Ochling Tachtov, 
And royal people, wealthy people, they eat under these in the summertime. And they uh, celebrate under these trees, simchas. They, they make like a garden with these trees overhead. When you build a house for your son, when he gets married, the first time, the older son, and you make the chuppah in there. That, so you see there's an idea of planting that's fun. That's a, that's a, you're excited that you're able to plant such a thing. Uh, so that's different. What do you say, Michael? Is there a fun planting? Or that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, playing in the dirt again. <laughs> That's right. Okay, goofa. Chizkia, <laughs> getting back to the question. Chizkia uh, in Tiberius, he did on two days, because we said it was a debate about if it was an ancient walled city. Why? He wasn't sure. What was the doubt? Vaksiv, just look at Yeshua. The word rekis in the book of Yeshua was Tiberius. So clearly it was a walled city. It, it didn't go all the way back. So how could there be a doubt uh, whether it was a walled city if in the book of Yeshua it lists it? The Gemara says, The problem was that on one side there was no wall, there was the sea. The question is, can you call a walled city that doesn't have four walls? Or is it completely surrounded? Right, it's not completely surrounded. Uh, so then what's the doubt of that? It's not a walled city. Not a city that uh, has, uh, is not fully walled. There the sea is, the sea wall. So the Gemara said, that's talking about there's something called cities in a walled city. That uh, Tiberius isn't that kind of walled city because it's open. It has open water. The question was, what about Megillah? Uh, so that was the debate whether Tiberius is considered walled for reading a Megillah. Is it like a Shushan city or not? And what's considered uh, open cities and what are considered walled cities by Megillah? Is it because the walled cities, uh, unwalled cities are in the open, and the walled cities are surrounded, and this city is not a, not a surrounded city, it's open, it's open to the sea. Or maybe it's because a walled city is protected, and the unwalled cities are not protected. There's a different kind of defense for an unwalled city than a walled city. And Tiberius is protected because they can't attack from the water. That's why he wasn't sure. So therefore, he read it on both days. Okay. That's why Chizkiah was in doubt. So we're just explaining what the doubt was, that really Tiberius was an ancient city, but it wasn't walled on all four sides. And the question, And we know as far as rules for houses and walled cities, that's one thing. But as far as Megillah, we weren't sure how to classify it. Rabasi Rabasi and Hutso read Barbisa on the 14th and the 15th. Why? For the same reason, was it walled from earlier or low? Some people say, Hutso was a city in the territory of Binyamin. It was, uh, it was from the ancient times. When I was a young man, we'll have to find out tomorrow what happened in the good old days when he was a young man, the question that he asked. Okay, we will stop here.